Hi, everyone, and welcome to College Football Landscape, the college football podcast that's part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 Network. You can find this episode as well as all of our archived episodes on our website, totalsports247.podbean.com. You can follow us on X as well at totalsports underscore 247. We'll make bet recommendations on that platform and we'll also repost recommendations we like from betting experts across the platform. We also have a Substack. Consider subscribing at weekinweekout.substack.com. There we will produce articles that have exclusive recommendations. Before the end of the year, We'll have a couple articles posted to that substack. The first one will be a golf article talking about the a year year preview for uh, the PGA Tour. And that's our first foray into the golf space. So we're really excited about that at the network to expand into golf. We have a sense that a lot of our listeners will likely have an interest in golf. And so we're happy to bring that to you and incorporate that as to part of our lineup And then second, we will also have a Christmas Day preview for the loaded slate that we're seeing in the NBA. So stay tuned to weekendweekout.substack.com for those two articles. And again, consider subscribing. Please visit the website. And if you have questions, you can message me on X or you can send me an email at totalsports247.outlook.com. On today's show... We're going to cover the Thursday and Friday bowl games. And before we do so, I want to remind you all of one of the hangups of tracking bowls this year in particular is the messy transfer portal. And Matt Jaguski over on X, Matt underscore G-A-J-E-W-S-K-I, has done yeoman's work in in, uh, tracking all the transfers that we have seen at a dizzying rate across college football. So I recommend going to his handle on X, Matt underscore Jaguski. He has his doc pinned to his profile for easy access for people like me who very much appreciate the work that he is doing to help us analyze these games and give our best bets. So we'll start with the Thursday night game. This is the Boca Raton Bowl. It is Syracuse and South Florida. And as always, when we give the spreads, totals, and money line figures, we're going to be using the updated figures on DraftKings. This game is Syracuse minus three. The total is 56. Syracuse is favored on the money line minus 155. South Florida is plus 130 on the money line. And again, this is 8 p.m. on ESPN. There aren't a ton of notable transfers that I could see in this game, but there is a notable absence, and this is on the Syracuse side. So we'll start there, and it's their quarterback, Garrett Schrader. So Schrader was hurt in the Virginia Tech contest back on October 26th. He made small appearances in a couple games uh, after that and then played pretty well in 
their final contest against Wake Forest, where he threw for three touchdowns and ran for another. So all seemed to be fine, but that was then, and this is now, and it appears that Schrader doesn't think that he is healthy enough to participate in this Boca Raton Bowl, so he will be sitting out. And as I said, that's the most significant absence on either side of the ball for Syracuse and either team being Syracuse or South Florida. What's exciting about all these transfers and all these you know, opt-outs is that you do get to see players that you ordinarily wouldn't see, but maybe you remember hearing about them a year or two ago, or they transferred in from another team, and it gives you a little bit more of information and insight as to how the team is constructed and what they can do in the absence of their, of their, you know, their first team players. And this is a great example of that at Syracuse. So their backup quarterback, Braden Davis, at least the popular opinion is that he's going to be the one who's playing in this Boca Raton Bowl. He was a high three-star and a highly coveted three-star quarterback from the state of Delaware. He was the number one quarterback in the state, and I believe he was the number one recruit overall. This is dating back to 2021. He went to South Carolina. That's where he enrolled initially, but he was coveted by the likes of Alabama and Georgia. So he was a quarterback that the highest programs, the highest level programs in the country were looking at as part of their recruitment strategy and overall process. And so he ultimately went to South Carolina, did not see the field for the Gamecocks and then transferred went to Syracuse, really didn't see the field this year either. He played very minimally at an insignificant rate. So this will be his first opportunity to shine in front of a national audience. He is big, 6'5", 200, and his recruitment, so listen to this. Back in his recruitment days, this was a few years ago, but on 24-7 Sports, uh, national recruiting analyst Brian Don, I believe D-O-H-N, it might be Don, he was talking about uh, Braden Davis, and he said at the end he could be a multi-year starter at a high major program with long-term NFL draft potential. So that's exciting to see him get the opportunity to showcase his talents in this game, he was the number one recruiting prospect in the state of Delaware overall. Now that I'm looking at his uh, 24-7 portal, uh, profile from a couple years ago. And again, he's big, 6'5", over 200 pounds. So it'll be exciting to see him run this Syracuse offense. And he's going to have one of the better backs in the country at his side. That sophomore, LaQuint Allen, who rushed for over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns on the season. He also has his receivers ready to go as well. That's Damian Alford, Umari Hatcher, Donovan Brown. They each had at least 25 grabs on the season. LaQuint Allen led the team in receptions out of the backfield as well. He had 36 catches, not a ton of production, 197 yards and one touchdown. But he is the clear centerpiece of this Syracuse offense. He is what makes them go. They had 20 touchdowns rushing on the season, including eight from Schrader. 
So that'll be a significant absence, I suppose. I don't believe that they're going to ask Davis to run the ball all that often. I think they will rely on Allen to do the lion's share of work out of the backfield. Syracuse is missing a couple players on the defensive end that I think are important contributors and shouldn't be overlooked when thinking about especially the total in this game. So linebacker Leon Lowry is expected to sit out. He was uh, sixth on the team in tackles with 46. He also contributed three and a half sacks. So a, a an important player that will be out of this game for Syracuse. And then Jeremiah Wilson will also be sitting out. I think he was their nickel corner. I'm not 100% positive on that. He had an interception for a touchdown this year and had five passes defended. So someone who was a significant contributor in their secondary will be out of this game for Syracuse. When we look at the other side of the ball, or, or the other side of the field, I should say, with South Florida, this offense is... As I was looking at it, they, they're more versatile. They do a lot more than I thought. I was thinking that they were just a running team, but they can do pretty much everything behind the dual threat capabilities of Byram Brown. So Brown threw for 23 touchdowns this year and over 3,000 yards, and he ran for 745 yards and an additional 11 touchdowns. They were balanced, 22 touchdowns on the ground and 24 through the air. Their leading receiver by a mile is Sean Atkins, 86 grabs for 961 yards and five scores for the Bulls. And from what I can see, they don't have any real significant opt-outs in this one. So, South Florida should be essentially fully equipped and ready to go for this one. I was not high on this team to begin the season, but again, their offense was way more explosive than I was anticipating coming into the season. 48 points against Charlotte in their last time out. They put up 50 against a decent Memphis team back on November 4th, and so for this team to make a bowl, it's this is a, a major step up for this South Florida program, especially considering where they have been in years past. 2022, they had one win, and it was against Howard. That's how far this team has come in one year. And you know, a lot of that progress begins and ends with the dynamic quarterback Byron Brown. So when we look at analyzing what to do about this game, I don't think that Schrader's absence will slow down the Syracuse offense all that much. South Florida, they will score points and they will let up points. So I think this game is going to go over the total of 56, even though Schrader is not playing. They still have the dynamic running back. And I think that Braden Davis, given his potential, can show up and show out in one game. Right. And this is a game that he's going to want to play really well in. They've got, you know, Syracuse, they're making news, right, for what they're bringing in, right? They fired Dino Babers. They're bringing in Kyle McCord from the transfer portal. They have a whole new coaching staff. So 
We'll see how much they care about this game, but I think somebody who is going to care about this game is Brayden Davis, right? They, they've got McCord coming in. Who knows if if Davis is going to want to stick around, but he needs this national spotlight for him to remind everybody uh, of the talent that everybody was enamored with a few years ago. So I think this game is going to go over 56. I think South Florida has a lot on offense and not that much on defense. And I think Syracuse, I don't know if they're going to win this game. I think the minus three is a stay away play. However, I think the over is likely to hit and likely to exceed well past that 56 margin. On to the second game. This is the Gasparilla Bowl with Georgia Tech and UCF. I kind of like this game. I think these two teams are pretty fun. This is a five and a half point spread in favor of UCF on DraftKings currently with the total sitting at 68. If you're looking for money line plays, UCF minus 205, Georgia Tech plus 170. So some key opt-outs in this one. On the UCF side, we have Corey, I think it's Thornton, their corner. He led their team in passes defended with nine and interceptions with three. So that's a significant uh, loss in the secondary for UCF. When we look at the Georgia Tech side, Keenan Johnson with 29 tackles and three passes defended is out. And then Kyle Kennard, 53 tackles and six sacks. He might be the most significant of those three who will be out for this one. UCF wants to run the ball and they want to go fast. They have a dual threat quarterback in John Rice Plumley, but that dual threat is more towards his rushing ability than his passing ability. I think he's improved slowly over the course of his career as a passer, but by no means would I call him elite. He is an elite athlete. I don't know that he is an elite quarterback. His numbers on the year, 2,073 yards and 13 touchdowns. He did miss a little bit of time with an injury as well. He ran for 473 yards and five scores. They have a, another a great running back, uh, R.J. Harvey, with almost 1,300 yards and 16 scores on the year. And Plumley should have all his receivers ready to go. Javon Baker, Kobe Hudson, and Xavier Townsend. They were pretty balanced throughout the year in terms of receptions, but Baker is the home run hitter, averaging 22 and a half yards per reception with six scores. Hudson's not that far behind, averaging 20.3 himself with seven scores. So UCF had 28 touchdowns on the ground this year and 22 passing. They want to move fast. They want to play with tempo. And they've got playmakers at all three levels with Plumley, Harvey, and Baker to rack up points in a hurry. On the other side of the ball, Georgia Tech. Listen to this. This was a very surprising stat, kind of in a good way for Georgia Tech. Now, Georgia Tech, you know, they have uh, they brought in the new coaching staff and they brought in Haynes King from Texas A&M. Listen to this stat from Sportsbook Review. You've heard me talk about them before on College Football Landscape, and they present this stat again. This is, uh, again, from sportsbookreview.com. Georgia Tech quarterback Haynes King has emerged as one of college football's breakout stars. That might be a bit hyperbolic, but still. 
in the first fully healthy season of his career. But listen, the redshirt sophomore was just one of two players with at least 2,700 passing yards, 25 passing touchdowns, 600 rushing yards, and five rushing touchdowns in the regular season. And the only other quarterback to reach those numbers was Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner. So a very interesting nugget on Haynes King. I would not have anticipated that he would have had that much yardage on the ground, but he did. And again, he was one of two players in all of FBS to produce those kinds of numbers. King still does have turnover issues. This has plagued him throughout his college career. He had 15 interceptions this year. That's just too many to lead an offense. But he did have 26 touchdowns passing and nine on the ground. He's got Jamal Haynes beside him in the backfield. 931 yards and seven scores for him. They're uh, decently distributed on offense as well. Eric Singleton is the lead dog, though. 47 catches for 706 yards and six scores. They had 26 touchdowns through the air this year and 22 on the ground. They are also a tempo-based team who likes to run uh, fairly quickly and score and keep their offense on the field and go no huddle so defenses can't uh, sub in, uh, things like that. Very, I will say this about Georgia Tech and UCF. They're both very modern football teams in that they're racehorse fast and neither one is particularly great on defense. So given all that, you might be surprised with my pick in this one. I'm actually going to go under the total of 68. And here's why. When we look at Georgia Tech throughout the year, nine of their 12 games went under this total of 68. And for UCF, eight of their 12 went under. And what was particularly surprising to me about UCF was that this team puts up a ton of yards, but they don't put up a boatload of points. So when we look at their schedule their last few games of the season right 27 to 13 win against Houston 24 to 23 lost to Texas Tech they did put up 45 against Oklahoma State and a 45 to 3 route 28 to 26 against Cincinnati a win they put up 28 and a loss to West Virginia 29 and a loss to Oklahoma, 22 in a loss to Kansas. That that goes back all the way to the beginning of October. So with this total being 68, we just think that is too high and it's been trending high since the open. So the open was 61 and a half. We like that total a lot better. We could, would have considered the over, like thinking of somewhere in the range of like a 34 to 30 type of score. That would make sense to us. 68 feels too high, despite the fact that these teams want to go fast and despite the playmakers on offense that both of them have and despite the opt-outs that Georgia Tech has on defense, we we just think that number is uh, is is too high. We would have liked the, the original 61 and a half, but it's getting carried away. And so we don't think there's value in betting the over at 68 anymore. So we're going to go under 68 for the official recommendation. So again, to summarize, for 
The Boca Raton Bowl, Syracuse versus South Florida, December 21st, Thursday, 8 p.m. ESPN. We like the over 56. And in the Gasparilla Bowl, Georgia Tech and UCF, Friday, December 22nd, 6.30 on ESPN. We like the under 68. So that'll do it for this episode of College Football Landscape. Stay tuned to the network for more bowl previews. There are lots of game on Saturday, lots of games on Saturday that we have yet to talk about. So stay tuned for that in your podcast feeds over the next couple of days. And stay tuned to the network and follow us on Twitter or X at Total Sports underscore 247 as we continue to make recommendations across the sports landscape. This has been College Football Landscape, part of the Total Sports 24-7 Network. Thanks again for listening, and we will be back later this week with more Bull Previews. See you then.